Uh, this morning, we're going back into our study um, into trivial pursuits, and we've got a couple more of those as we look at Solomon's wisdom and wise words. These are great words of wisdom as we look forward to a new year. I know, I mean, back in March, everybody was looking forward to a new year. Uh, and so uh, we have launched ourselves through all of the pandemic stuff, all of the election stuff, and now we find ourselves going into a new year with still some uncertainty. And this is a, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for us to hear some wise words. And so this morning, I get the wonderful privilege of reading to you out of Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and looking at some tongue-twisting words and allowing the Holy Spirit to unravel that for us this morning as we look forward to the new year. And, uh, but this is a wonderful opportunity to pray and just ask God to bless. And I pray that, that as the Holy Spirit unravels this, that there will be some nugget that you can just latch onto and that the Holy Spirit would take you on a journey just teaching you this morning, not me, uh, but as we read God's Word, that uh, God will just impact you in some way. So as you're listening or, uh, online or here today, I just pray that God would bless. you be praying. Uh, this is a, a wonderful opportunity. We, uh, Mariah's back. Uh, the Ericsons are back, uh, Daniel and uh, Mikey and a Andy. But they're all, those guys are all having to leave early. Uh, uh, Kaylee and Kelsey, they get to stay with us another month. So I, I'm, I'm loving masters more and more as they just keep giving my kids back. Now if they'll just pay for my kids' tuition, that'll be even better. So if you're listening, masters, please. <laughs> no, uh, it is, a, I, I am so blessed. Uh, it is such, I am investing. It's uh, as I pay for and help pay for my daughter's education. It's really an investment. I'm watching them blossom and God use the, uh, that in a mighty way, so. I'm looking forward to uh, all of these things. But we can be praying. There's a lot of uncertainty, especially for college kids as they come and go. So be praying for teachers, uh, a lot of uncertainty as things come and go, and always a lot of uncertainty in our uh, family life and whatnot. So let's pray. Lord, we are opening your word, and it is a time to let go, and it's a time to listen, not from our ears, um, but from our heart. You tell us that every issue of our life flows out of our heart, so we need to protect it. And I pray, Lord, as we preach and as we listen, as we hear, as we worship you, that this is a time to behold you as we read your living word. Lord, it is not an academic exercise that we do here today. Lord, we desire to know you more. And so we preach, we hear, we listen, we pray. And I pray that all of us would have that praying and listening heart as we open up these words. We pray for those, Lord, that are traveling to and fro of school or traveling in the things of, of school with uh, teachers and um, all these uncertainty things, whether it's with work and jobs. Just thank you for our church body and the way that you have provided so we can take care of one another. What a blessing that is. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage us this morning as we read your word. Thank you that you are faithful. So, Lord, now may we also be faithful to lift you up in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verses 12 through 17 is our text this morning. Again, we're looking at trivial pursuits, trivial meaning that Solomon decided that he was going to search out everything and see what was important in life. And he found that most of all the things that he sought out were very trivial. And, and so we want to look at some of those things this morning. Let's read verses 12 through 17 together and look at what he says. Solomon says, So I turn to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do who comes after the king? Only what has already been done. Then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, as there is more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has his eyes in his head, but the foolish walks in darkness. And yet I perceived that the same event happens to all of them. Then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will also happen to me. Uh, Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For, uh, for of the wise also of the fool there is no ending, enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten. How the wise die just like the fool. So I hated life because what is done under the sun has gre- was grievous to me. For all is vanity and striving after the wind. Man, as we look at a new year, that doesn't sound like great hope, does it? Doesn't sound like great joy. We're like, wait a minute. What is Solomon talking about? Have you ever thought about the fact that all I want to do is just be good? All I want to do is just do what is wise or Man, if all I can do in life, I'm just going to do the best I can to just be right. I just want to do right. If I do right, there's at least a great hope that everything will get easier. How many of you found that the more that you sought to do just what is right, life just seemed to get more complicated? (laughs) And you're like, man, I, I, I did everything I can do to be right and I still failed. And it's like, you're miserable. I think I've learned more than anything as I've learned to be a farmer. It's like you can do everything right and still things don't go right. And it's been interesting. Uh, just you can do everything. It's like uh, being a plumber. Uh, I, man, I just, I, I, I don't worship plumbers the way I worship God. But I say that and say, I have this great, uh, appreci- deep appreciation for plumbers. Because it's amazing. You can do everything right and the water still will leak. It's like, I did everything according to code. I sealed it completely right and it still leaks. It just doesn't make sense. It's so irritating. can't tell you how many times I've had to crawl under the house. Part of the reasons I can't tell you how many times is because I make Jared do it. But the thing is, right, mechanics. If you're a mechanic, you can fix the car, you can do it, seal it, you can grind it, you can place it, you can tighten it. I found the first time I replaced my water pump, I was like, 
I just got in there with my tools and I wrenched on that nut and broke the nut off. It was like, it was an old car. I was like, oh my word. Thankfully, I had my father-in-law there and he had, I don't know why he had an easy out in his car, but he had an easy out. So we stuck it in there and we ground it out and we pulled the nut out. The point is this. We all are driven and we think if I just am good enough, life will be okay. Have you ever thought that? The point of our text this morning is this. I love giving the point. And that is this, the point, even though a life of pursuing good is better than pursuing folly or evil, without God at the center of life, you will end up empty and in pain. If the whole point of your life is just to be good, I'm sorry, but you're going to end up in sorrow and pain. It's not going to mean anything. It's not going to amount to what you think it will amount to. Solomon is saying, sorry guys, I have done everything. I mean, look at, the, it's interesting in this verse, he says, what can man do who comes after the king? Only what has already been done. I mean, I have pursued every, he's telling you that he's pursued every single angle in life. And no matter what you think you can do in coming after me, it's already been done. And I've told you that all your pursuits will end this way. It's interesting. The word consider is one that refers to a calculated consideration. He has calculated every avenue is when he says, when he says, I turn to consider wisdom. Now what's interesting is, is when he talks about considering wisdom, wisdom is not just being wise like how to understand everything. The word here in the Hebrew, in the context, literally is talking about the sense in deep spiritual understanding that begins and ends with the fear of the Lord, but it simply means this. It doesn't just mean to fear the Lord or to understand the Lord. We know that. That is pursuing wisdom is so important to understand God, but it's not simply that. What it really is talking about is simply good, moral, practical advice for daily life. What he means is, I've considered all the good things in life. He, it's like Benjamin Franklin or, or Oprah Winfrey or Dr. Phil. It's those guys that have pursued all the good angles in life. If you just pursue good, if you're a good person, everything will be all right and you'll get to heaven. It doesn't work that way. On the other hand, he also considered madness and folly. Do you know in the, in the Hebrew, madness and folly actually is one word? It actually means, it's, it's actually madness folly. It's a mad folly. It's, a, it's basically an over-describing just madness. At the term uh, together, he's like, I have, I've looked at what it means to live a good life, and I've looked at what it means to just to be in a mad and f- crazy, just crazy living. A let go, let loose, do everything. It doesn't matter. I'm going to seek everything I want to seek without any restrictions. I'm going to just no whole bards type living. And he said, look, it's just empty and painful. It doesn't matter whether it's good. It doesn't matter whether it's madness. It's just 
hard. You say, so what, what's the point then? I want you to consider this. Look at the comparison of the good and bad. This is a distraction in life. Did you notice, if you look at it, he says, and he says in verse 13, Then I saw that there was more gain in living the good life and wisdom than in folly. There's more gain in light and darkness. You see the comparison? He's saying living the good life is like being in the light, being in the know, and understanding stuff. But being, living in madness and folly is like living in darkness. He says it's better to live with your eyes in your head than to be, live with madness and be blind walking through life. So he says, look, it's easy to be drawn to do what's good, to live just a good life because it makes sense to be in the, in the light because now you know where you're going. It's easy to desire to live rightly because the more you live right, the more you see where you're going. You see the comparisons that he makes in these verses. But he realizes something. The good life, even though that it seems better, it doesn't mean that it is better. This comparison is is quite revealing in his attitude in seeking wisdom. But I want you to notice the second thing is that notice that both are doomed to be forgotten. He's like, in verse 15, it says, Then I said to myself, What happens to fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? Why, why in the world has been my whole focus been on just being good? I've tried everything else. You remember, he looked at being uh, wise. That means knowledge. He focused on knowing everything and under, understanding everything. Different than this wisdom in this context. But then he said, I'm going to pursue, then I'm going to pursue pleasure. That didn't work. Now I'm going to be just pursuing living a good life. And he realized something. That whether I'm wise and I understand everything, or whether I I live for pleasure, or whether I just live for being good, it doesn't matter. We're all going to die. We're all going to be forgotten. Psalm 49 really speaks to this. It, it's, it's interesting as we look at, there's a comparison. All the Ecclesiastes compares with something in Psalms or Proverbs. It's very interesting. Of course, Proverbs are written by Solomon, so we can compare a lot of that. If you look at what he says about the fool in Proverbs versus the wise, you can see the comparison that he makes in here in Ecclesiastes. Psalm 49, verse 16 through 19, listen to this. Says, Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. Don't envy that. Don't be afraid of that or don't be envious of that. For when he dies, in verse 17, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though he gets praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generations of his fathers who will never again see light. The psalmist tells us that no matter how much glory a person has, he's going to die and the things will be gone. It'll be forgotten. 
doesn't matter how good you live, you will be just like everybody else and die and have to stand before God one day and give an account for your life. St. Pastor, I thought being good was a good thing. It is, but it is not the thing. It's not the most important thing. I want you to notice this. He says, also, notice that both are doomed to die. In the end, it doesn't matter whether you live the best life possible or you live the most evil. You're all going to die. That's just the realities of life. That's why he ends with the fact that he says, I hated life. He hated life. Death is the great equalizer to all humanity. The wisest man will die and so will the foolish man. Of course, the reason why all die is because all have sinned. Do you realize when Romans 3, when he says that there is none righteous, no, not one, there's none who seeketh after God, when, he talk, when Paul is talking to the church and when, when the Holy Spirit is talking to us, there is none good. Do you realize Isaiah 64, 4? When God tells Isaiah to tell Israel, Israel thought they were good people. Israel's like, God chose us. We are the chosen people. Right? We're good. We're better than any other nation because we're good. And yet, they missed the whole point. The whole point wasn't to be good. The whole point was God. Isaiah 64, 4 said, there, all, our, all our good deeds are as filthy rags in the sight of God. So when we parade around and say, look at what I did, look how good I am, God's like, wow, that, that coat you're wearing is pretty filthy. <laughs> That's literally what he's saying. So you're like, well, pastor, what's the point? There's nothing new under the sun. All our pursuits are vain. It's trivial. Psalm 49, going back to that great psalm, really, Psalm 49 really speaks to this portion of our text. Psalm 49, verse 10 and 11, it says, For he sees that even the wise die. The fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling place for all generations, though they called lands by their own names. Everybody's going to die. As we look at this conclusion, Solomon concludes, so he says, I hated life. I realized it didn't matter what he did. I hated life. You remember the one thing that Solomon, remember from Solomon, from Ecclesiastes 1 all the way to where we are now, what is the one thing that Solomon stopped doing? He stopped pursuing God. Started pursuing everything else under the sun. So Solomon hated life. Maybe you're struggling with thoughts, actions, the circumstances in your life. Man, I tell you what, I see more church members, I see more people burn out just because all they're focused on is just doing good. And they've missed the whole point. 
a really good people do that in church. They become false teachers. First Timothy chapter six, verses two through through ten really tell us about the fact that I mean the false teachers, they they imagine in, in verse six or verse five, they says, imagine that godliness is a means for gain. They think if I'm just godly, I'll be a good, I'll be it's gonna be a great gain in my life. Verse six says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, these things will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, and into many, to many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and to destruction. Proverbs fifteen sixteen says this, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Do you remember the point? Go back to the point. I'm not proficient with this thing yet. We're getting there. (laughs) Man, you can do everything right and still miss the point. You could be empty and in pain, and it's because we missed the point. It's all about God. Solomon knows that there is something more than this life, and he is fully aware how much he has lost his joy. It's easy to do that in church. It's easy to come sit. It's easy to do, come to everything, do everything, work hard, so that way everybody in church knows that you're good, and you still can miss the point and be in pain and frustration. That's why if you read Ecclesiastes in its entirety, it makes more sense. You realize that our riches and everything that we have is because of what God has done for us. Right, we realize when we read Ecclesiastes, when we read Ephesians, I said Ecclesiastes, Ephesians, if we read Ephesians in its entirety, we realize how rich we are because we are in God. We're not in our works; we're in God. In verse ten, it says, "For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them." not our good works, and God's good work. When we're walking, when the point is all about glorifying God, we walk in His good works. It's not burdensome. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. It is easy and light. When we let Jesus pull the yoke, right? That's a farming term. A yoke is a pair of oxen. They put the yoke on them so that they can pull and do the work. Jesus is referring to when they trained a younger oxen, guess what? They put a well-seasoned oxen next to the younger oxen, and they fitted the yoke perfectly. So guess who did the most work out of the two? The one, the seasoned oxen. So then that way, the younger oxen didn't feel the burden of it. He still worked. He still had to walk. He was still responsible to go in the direction the seasoned oxen went. Solomon learned that as he was pulling in life, he was doing everything. And he missed the whole point about God. When we let God do the lion's share of the work and we just follow him, it's easy and light. Life is different. You can keep going. And that's why he says in 
Ephesians 4, he says this, Therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, talking to Paul, says he treats himself as a prisoner of the Lord, not a prisoner of Rome. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you've been called. Christ called you to go this way to glorify him. If you walk in that calling, if you walk in the good news that Jesus died for you, he paid for your sins, he's given you everything that you need for life, and you follow that path, he says you, you find peace, you find joy, you find unity. It's easy, it's light. You realize that we just have one body. We have one goal. We're driven for one thing. Verse 1 of chapter 5, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. How do we walk worthy of the gospel in which God saved you when he died on the cross for your sins and rose again and conquered death for you? How do we walk worthy? Well, simply, we imitate the Lord. You know how we imitate the Lord? Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6. We submit to Him. We submit to Him. We simply say, we trust you, Lord. It's not my way, it's your way. Maybe you're stuck and just focused on just being good. And life is frustrating. You're dealing with emptiness and pain. You've lost that joy. That's where the Philippian church was. That's why God wrote and gave the, us the, the gospel of Philippians, the, the book of Philippians. It's like our joy is in what God has done for us. Our one treasure is Christ. It's not us. It's not how good our church looks. Or I mean, not saying we don't take responsibility for keeping up the church. I'm just saying that sometimes we put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, right? Syllable, syllable. I don't know how to say it incorrectly. <laughs> so we put the emphasis in the wrong place, and it changes the whole power of your life. Don't put the emphasis on just being good. Good is not good enough. It's empty and painful. Solomon tried it. He says it's trivial, it's vain, it's worthless. Do you feel like church is worthless? Put your emphasis back on Christ and the gospel. Just go back to the gospel. What Jesus, just remember what Jesus did for you and let that empower and change your thinking and change your walk. And watch the joy and the peace settle back into your life. Solomon's warning us. Solomon's given us an advanced warning. Warning, warning, warning. You know, pull up, pull up, pull up. <laughs> You're crash and burn. The gospel and God's glory is what lifts our wings. Right? Isaiah tells us that. The gospel is, is, is where it's at, guys. It's what keeps us going. I pray that, that this aspect, and as we look at this new year, may that be our drive and our focus, not just being good, not just being a good church, a good family, a good church family, good to our missionaries, or just good to our community, that we would glorify God.
and be thankful for the gift that God truly has given us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to glorify your name. Your name is truly higher than any other name. There truly is strength in your name. And it's the only name by which we are saved. Lord, if someone here realizes, uh, says, you know what, I haven't put my faith, or I haven't put my trust, I know about God, but I haven't laid my life down before God. He's not really the Lord of my life. You've told us that we need to simply repent and believe. Repent and say that it's not about me, it's about you. And put our faith, our trust in Christ. The fact that he lived a perfect life, he came and lived for us to serve us by dying to be the sacrifice that pays for our sin, which taints our whole life, which separates us from God. And he saved us when he rose again and conquered death and he became an intermediary or he became the go-between to to take upon him the whole wrath of God. So that way we could be found right in God's eyes. Not because we are right, but because Jesus is right. And we put our trust in that, not in our good living, but in God's good living when he died on the cross for our sins and rose again for us. I pray that if someone that's listening or that's here today, that they would do that, that they would just say, Lord, yes, it is, it is you. They can do that right now and put their faith and trust in you and be saved from their sin. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, I pray that you would work in the hearts of someone today. For the rest of us, I pray that we would get our eyes not on just being good, but on who we love, that we would love our Lord, our Savior, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our might, so we can actually enjoy loving each other as your love flows through us. We thank you and we praise you for your words this morning. In Jesus' name.